0: Welcome everyone to episode 3 of Yupcast. My name's Jamie and I'm fluent in over 6 million forms of communication
1: And I'm Matt and I want to rethink my life
0: <laughs> Alright, Sleazebag-o <laughs> sleaze bagano. <laughs> or, oh, I thought it was sle- sleazebag or... <laughs> close, close enough <laughs> How are you? All right, as we were talking before, I just got back from a hike, and normally I don't, you know, I like hiking, but the trailer dropped, and then you sent me the picture from YouTube's showing it was available. I'm just like,
1: no! Wait, you didn't watch it until shortly before we started, though? Like, you, it's been uh, yeah. out for hours.
0: Uh, I, was, uh, I was on a hike. As soon as we got back to the car, I, <laughs> I whipped out my phone, and uh, the kids and I watched it.
1: Well, at least at least she drives everywhere. Right. I think today we're going to talk about the Last Jedi trailer that just dropped today.
0: Right. Yes, it's um, October ninth, and the Last Jedi trailer dropped Monday Night Football. Matt, you were one of the many people who got to see it. As it happened, me not so much.
1: Well, I I didn't watch it during Monday Night Football. I don't have cable. What? But uh, I did I did stream it on YouTube.
0: There's. There's no bigger football fan than you, Matt. Yes,
1: that is highly inaccurate.
0: <laughs> Come on. You, you love, you love sportball when the home runs are loaded and they have a hat trick. Yes. Or something.
1: All of that. So, I wanna, before we talk about the trailer, I want to talk about something I found highly annoying about this trailer. That um, has nothing to do with the trailer itself. And it was okay. the three pre-trailers the three trailer teasers I sent you yesterday. Oh, yes. They showed up on the Star Wars Twitter feed, and they were approximately one second of new footage, and it was Kylo Ren picking up his lightsaber hilt off the floor. And then they'd say, like, trailer tomorrow. This has to be the height of marketing, right? Like this oh, has yeah. This has to be the Terminus, right? They're teasing a commercial for something with another commercial.
0: Right. There's always been, you know hype around a trailer but a mini trailer for a trailer is getting uh you know this is some inception level sort of shit
1: i mean i remember when the phantom menace trailer came out and they put it on god damn it what movie was it was it meet joe black
0: i don't remember i remember for seeing it on tv
1: i think i was working at a movie theater at the time because i was in college and i'm pretty sure it was meet joe black that or and or the last starfighter or something like that it's not the last Starfighter. That's a good movie from the 80s. It was some shitty movie with Freddie Prince Jr. In the 90s.
0: Oh, Wing Commander?
1: Wing Commander.
0: Oh, um, yeah, that movie was sucky.
1: But they they put the trailer in front of those movies, and people were buying tickets to the movie just to see the trailer. I remember working in the movie theater. At the time, people would come up to me and ask for a refund for the movie after the trailer. It was After the trailers had played, they're like, well, I don't want to watch the movie, so I want my money back.
0: Yeah, well, I... Probably most people who went and saw Wing Commander <laughs> had that same reaction.
1: <laughs> Just wanting their money back. Yeah. And I remember the, I'm pretty sure it's was Meet Joe Black, they put the trailer at the end of the movie, too, to make people stay.
0: Is Was that the movie that had Brad Pitt and Anthony Hopkins?
1: Yeah, and he played Death. It was a remake of a movie from the 40s or something. The, uh, the original was much better, and I'm not saying that because I'm a snob. I'm saying that because I hate that era of Brad Pitt movies.
0: Oh, I, I just don't believe that Hollywood remake would remake a movie. That just doesn't seem like the Hollywood that I know.
1: Yeah, there's so many so many new ideas. Why would they re- recycle an old idea? Yeah, I watched those three trailers because I'm an idiot, or those three teasers to trailers because I'm an idiot, and then I was I forwarded them to you because I like spreading around my stupidity. In retrospect, that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. All right, so maybe we should lead into the trailer a little bit. You just saw it. So how do you want to do this? Do you want to do first impressions or do you want to summarize the
0: trailer? I guess first impressions. I am I'm still trying to sort it out in my head. I watched it uh I watched it at the park um in the car on on my phone with the kids and I was just like holy cow, and, you know, it's not exactly what I expect at all. And Luke is acting kind of like manic. So then we watch it and like, "All right, that's great. And the, the kids are happy." They love Star Wars, too. And so we're just driving home, and all I can think of is like, what the hell's going on? What the hell's going on? i got to get home to see the trailer. So I'm trying not to be a jerk to the kids, and I'm trying not to speed home, but, you know, get them put down and then come back in and watch it again. I'm blown away. I don't know. I'm not sure what to think. I think it's pretty much shattered everything that I thought the movie was going to be like. That being said, they're notorious for just stitching things together, making you think one thing's going to happen and another thing happens.
1: I'm not going to speculate what's going to make it into the final movie versus the whatever cut they're coming from right now, except for I heard today that the final cut of the movie is completed, which is strange for a Star Wars movie, but sort of refreshing that they have the final cut. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you and I both were pretty taken aback by how little the Rogue One trailers matched up with the movie. Yeah. And so I'm going to just assume that 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 was a Rogue One problem, and that they made a trailer based on a version of the movie that they never showed. But I'm going to parrot what you just said and say that this trailer, I watched it shortly after I texted you, and I used my phone to stream it on the TV, and I sat on the couch for about a half an hour just reloading it. The first few times I watched it, I was pretty upset. There's a lot in this trailer that surprises me, uh, or surprised me. You and I had had multiple conversations about whether or not this movie was just going to be Empire, and this is nothing like Empire if this is the way the movie is going to be. Mm-hmm. Luke looks frantic and at times, and...
0: <laughs> very Unabomber-esque looking.
1: He looks like the big Lebowski.
0: Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. That lightsaber really put the room together. <laughs> <laughs> The effing Max Rebo band, man. Forget it, Donnie! You're
1: out of your element! So he looks panicked, and that's interesting, but we had we had sort of gotten the impression from other material that he was going to be reluctant to take on Ray as a pupil mm-hmm. for his failure with Ben in the Jedi Order, which we don't know the exact nature of yet. There's some hints of it in some of the extended materials in Bloodline. They talked about it a little bit or they gave us a little bit of context about when it probably happened. We're not exactly sure what happened. From the canon material we have, it seems like Ben Solo turned his back on Luke and somehow destroyed whatever Luke had built. And now Luke is in hiding, much like Yoda was in hiding after Palpatine defeated him.
0: Right, but it's like unlike Luke, or unlike Yoda, Luke seems to be more of a hermit where uh Yoda was just just hanging back waiting, basically waiting for Luke or Leia, training in the force. Sure, we
1: don't really know what Yoda was doing there, but I, I I agree with that assessment that he was he was not exactly in hiding, maybe more like in exile.
0: Yeah, he did say that he was going in exile, so I guess we'll go with that.
1: And Luke in this Seems like he's he's not in exile necessarily, although he might be hiding to protect himself or protect whatever he's protecting. But he's basically a recluse, right? And he apparently has no interest in the Jedi anymore. I mean, it's difficult to know. Like, it's diff- difficult to know what his motivation is at this point. But it seems like he's not into training.
0: Yeah, and he seems like he's scared shitless of Rey.
1: So it starts with Snoke's voiceover, right? And Kylo Ren
0: overlooking a factory or
1: yeah i thought it was a factory too it looks it looks some like a weapons factory or something Mm -hmm. and then it fades up on the gorilla walkers walking which is a great shot
0: oh i just paused it it's uh i think it's a star destroyer because you can see walkers in in the background and uh or it might be actually it might be a factory because you see Looks almost like walkers are on like uh, they're being suspended from air, so it's factory or big hangar bay.
1: We see the gorilla walkers, which I love that shot because you can see Kylo Ren's shuttle or a similar shuttle hanging up in the sky, like overlooking the battle. Then you see Kylo Ren leading from a shot from above. It appears to be Kylo Ren leading a unit of stormtroopers.
0: Yeah, all the while Snoke is uh, narrating, talking about how when he met somebody, he felt like. Just something special, just raw power.
1: Right, and we don't know who he's referring to, but could be Rey, it could be Kylo. It's probably one of those two. Kylo Ren picks up his it's lightsaber. BB-8. It's BB-8. <laughs> <laughs> so Kylo Ren picks up his lightsaber, and then we see Rey, it cuts to Rey on Ahch-2, Ahch-2, however you say that, and she ignites the Skywalker lightsaber. And she's talking with Luke, handing him the lightsaber, And she's headed into the tree, which I find very interesting, that they're using the Force Trees. They threatened that they were going to use them, and they apparently are going to do that.
0: The Force Trees, like the ones from uh, uh, Shattered Empire? Yeah, so Shattered
1: Empire is the parents of the Force Tree, where Luke basically steals the Force Tree back from the Empire, but the Empire stole the Force Tree from the Jedi Temple, or they took yeah. it out of the Jedi Temple before they destroyed it.
0: There was actually two, but Poe Dameron's mother took one of them.
1: Right, and Luke took the other. hmm And so the thing that she's going into here is supposedly one of those Force Trees or another Force Tree. Pablo said at some point that the Force Trees were like the holocrons. Or like holocrons somehow, like they had information. I think that's pretty literal in this case because apparently there's like a book inside.
0: Is it like one of the first times like in the, actual, in the actual Star Wars movie where you actually see paper?
1: I've heard people speculate that they're all illiterate <laughs> because you never <laughs> see them reading. <laughs> but yeah, you don't actually see paper anywhere. You do see writing sometimes, especially in the cartoons um, the later cartoons that we'll go over There's a lot of reading in Clone Wars But um, yeah you never see physical paper It's always projections or like
0: Yeah data pads
1: So then after that they You see some shots of Ray training Concentrating and she cracks the ground Next to Luke and Luke looks worried And then he says I w- I've seen raw power like this once before I wasn't afraid of it then I'm afraid
0: of it now Fear is the path to the dark side Fear leads to anger Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering.
1: And then you see a Terminator-style hand shoot up from a pile of rubble. Apparently, Luke was in the Jedi Temple when it was destroyed by Kylo Ren, and he, like, crawled his way out.
0: That's the way it looks. I, At first, when I first saw it, I was like, oh my god, Vader's riding, rising from the grave. And I was like, oh wait, don't be stupid. But I don't know if that was meant to signify but he's talking about Vader as far as like the raw registering somebody who has just raw power,
1: I automatically assumed he was talking about Ben. Ben is like the prodigy that was going to spearhead this new order. That's what he misjudged.
0: Yeah, okay, I, I could see that. I was thinking maybe the Emperor because he didn't he underestimated the Emperor. Emperor, um, I think everybody underestimated the Emperor, how powerful he was.
1: Yeah, I didn't even go there. That's that's great because he did face down Palpatine and had his ass handed to him. Pretty handily. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe who knows what he was referring to. It goes back to Kylo Ren, and Kylo Ren does something really interesting here. The voiceover says, we'll let the past die, and then shows him smashing his helmet.
0: Meaning that he's no longer going to try to emulate Vader.
1: Yeah, I think I think what they want you to think is that it means he's going to go after Leia, but I think it might mean that he's sort of abandoning his the path he's on. It could be anything, right? Mm-hmm. But he's smashing that helmet that he wears in reverence to Vader.
0: I I know that I had read one of the few spoilers, and maybe this is completely untrue, that he's not uh, completely satisfied with what he did. Killing Han Solo really didn't give him what he wanted. Probably probably almost the ex- exact opposite.
1: The novelization did a really good job of taking the wind out of that sail, at least for me. It really showed how like Han fucked it up for him.
0: He was supposed to stand victorious over a battle with his father, instead of just killing him,
1: right? And and Han Solo leaned into it and showed him love in that moment rather than hate,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? And robbing him of his indignation, right? And so, one of the things that about Kylo Ren that everyone said, like, "Always oh, the emo Vader," blah blah blah, because he's always running around like yelling "traitor" and things like that. To me, that that always made sense because he was pulled by the light. Like he says, I feel the pull of the light side again, rather than Anakin, who is pulled by the dark side. And so he constantly had to justify his anger to himself Mm -hmm. and his hatred. So that's why when in the final battle, he's punching himself in his wound to give him the pain that he can use to channel the dark side, right? Because he has to feel the hatred, the anger, the pain, the suffering that fuels him because he's having a hard time holding on to it. Right, because the the mm-hmm. light light keeps creeping in on him, and so when he yells like traitor, or his motivation in the murder of Han Solo was not necessarily a dark side thing. It was like he was trying to make it a dark side thing, but he couldn't do it. That's a lot of speculation, but so he smashes his helmet, and then it cuts to a space battle. You see Leia, and it implies that he's going to kill Leia. What do you think about this?
0: I, I don't know. I. Possibly, because he he's, looks like he's still fresh from his battle. Because he's got some sort of bandage, you I mean, uh, know, on his face covering where you know Rey pretty much sliced his face in half. I don't know. I'm not sure. This is, could be just one of those misdirection things. Uh-huh. So I don't. Know, maybe he's going after Leia to get the uh, to get that uh, high again that he he uh, was kind of robbed of. From Han, I kind of took it as also that like that he's you know he's not going to emulate Vader anymore. He's, he's his own person. The things he's done is done. He's just going to forge ahead and forget the past.
1: I 100 percent agree with that. That I don't think he's going to be Vader
0: at all. All right, but then they show him um, doing some amazing flying, like uh, Anakin or Vader would have in a Tie Fighter, very similar to Darth Vader's.
1: Yeah, I I love that Tie Fighter design. I think it's great, and I'm looking forward to more information about the TIE silencer, I think. Okay, so we go forward. We don't see what happens with Leia, obviously, because that would be plot. And Then we cut, and we see the Millennium Falcon flying, and Chewie and a Porg are in the cockpit. And here's our first shot of a Porg, the (laughs) much-already-hated little puffin penguin birds. You just tell me what you think about the Porg. How
0: about that? I really have no opinion. I don't care it's just something cutesy you know that just for a little comic relief whatever as long as it's not a major plot point i really could care less
1: yeah i i don't care about these things at all i think they're cute i think they're probably comic relief there's some little cartoon shorts that we can talk about in some other episode with some porgs in it there's like a little golden book now called chewy and the porgs and i just think there's no chance that they're as integral to the plot as like an ewok or any of the other much-hated little cutesy things, I, I just think they're in there because they can be in there. And if this is really the impact that they're going to have, making noises and being funny, I can't imagine people being really upset about this.
0: Right, no, I, I agree. You notice they didn't show the uh, the Jedi space nuns. Uh,
1: I hope that they end up on the cutting room floor, because that's, <laughs> they look fucking stupid.
0: Yeah, they look made marion crossed with the dark crystal just it just looks awful skeck wearing habits yeah you know maybe you know luke skywalker uh, is brought to his senses by mother superior of whatever <laughs> race those things are
1: yeah so it's cracked across the wrists with a yardstick
0: Christ Jake, take it easy, man. Christ Jesus ah, the Fuck, fuck you shit bitch. Bitch.
1: So then we see a lot of space battle, but then we see Finn and Phasma in a hand to hand combat um, scenario. And while this lasts maybe three seconds, I am almost as excited about this as I am with anything with Kylo Ren or Ray.
0: Me too. I, I didn't think I would be, because this looks like more interesting arc for Finn than just being the, the chummy, funny sidekick that you know he's coming full circle and he's facing down Phasma. You know, the people who pretty much kidnapped him as a child and raised him to be a child soldier.
1: That That is exactly my thoughts when I saw this. I was like, this is closing a huge loop for this character if he gets to fa- fight her. Um, this is his demon, right? This mm-hmm. is his trauma that he's working out right now and i love it i love the character in general this makes me excited that phasma might get something to do we talked about phasma in a previous episode about how she was wasted in the first one and hopefully she gets something to do in this one this makes me think that there might be more information about it and if you notice like finn is in a imperial officer disguise in this scene wearing like a huck style uniform
0: he's got the riot baton I just hope that he's practiced his, uh, his hand-to-hand combat because he got his ass handed to him by that uh, First Order trooper. Yeah, and he had a lightsaber. <laughs> and he couldn't beat that guy.
1: Yeah, there's a whole backstory in, in the extended universe now about how they were classmates. And so there's uh, that battle, and then the rest is basically the space battle. The battle over crate. Lots of rapid switching in between different scenes. There's like a huge hangar with a ton of first order troops in it. There's a battle over crate. There's some kind of space battle and there's like a big hangar door closing that looks like it might be on crate again. And like some of those wolves are running, those fiber optic wolves Mm -hmm. are running and it just looks beautiful. People can shit on the force awakens all they want. It's a beautifully shot, interestingly shot movie. I happen to like the movie a lot, but um, it's beautiful. And this one, once again, is really delivering on the visuals.
0: Yes. If you look at minute 155, if you freeze frame, this is um, where they have a bunch of um, First Order troopers lined up. Yeah, I'm there. It, um, and you see the uh, the walkers.
1: Oh, yeah. The uh, at walkers.
0: Yeah, and this is, this is what Kylo Ren was looking at. Yeah, I think so, too. Because it looks like they've got uh, old style AT-AT walkers plus the new style. Um, because you could, if you look back, you can see that there's actually at mixed in with those like those gorilla style walkers.
1: Yeah, I see them. That's that's a good that's a good find. Yeah, this is a great great shot. There's a huge depth to this hangar, and you can see like at the top there's a bunch of Tie Fighters hanging from the ceiling like ornaments.
0: We'd never actually see like the dropships that bring the. Uh, the walkers, so I, I have to assume that's what those things are mm-hmm. uh, hanging from the ceiling.
1: Yeah, so we see some of the we see some dropships for walkers in the rebels cartoon, and that those are pretty fascinating. I agree that those things, the wings that sort of drop down, those could be walker delivery vehicles. And then we finally get a shot of Snoke. It looks like he's has his hand extended, and it zooms out or flashes out. And it looks like he's torturing Ray.
0: Yeah, that kind of may blow a lot of my uh, suspicions about him. That, that that he was just some sort of uh, faker, not really uh, having force powers.
1: Yeah, but we have to, we have to sort of rethink our theory about him a lot based on this because he apparently is quite powerful.
0: Yeah, I agree. Somewhere along the way, Ray is either captured or, or she comes to him somehow. Does Kylo Ren? Do they get to the island? Do they capture her and Luke? Oh, I'm so, so fascinated. It, it cuts to just Rey. She's asking for help, wanting to know where she fits in the universe. And then Kylo Ren offers his hand. So, And that's the end of the trailer. And you're left with, oh, geez, is she going to go with him? Is she going to go dark side as he gonna go light side or they both just gonna run off and get married or something
1: there's an internet cult currently called um raylo (laughs) and it's a bunch of people who i guess were disappointed by harry potter trying to shoehorn a romantic relationship in between kylo ren and ray i am not one of those people i don't think you need a romantic relationship these two people have a bond that goes beyond doing it
0: what there's more to life than doing it
1: no not for us my life is just a series of interstitials punctuated by doing it, but but these people are like highly religious force users, so like they, they have way more to life than making more humans. Right. Uh, they can they can bend the universe to their will and things. If I could do that, I probably would have less sex and fly more. <laughs> what, what, did Anakin, what did Anakin do? He like peeled a pear with the force or something stupid. A fucking yeah. loser but he was trying to do it so like he, right. he, got, he got the
0: wrong message right mm-hmm. I'd be probably robbing banks <laughs> there you go I just stand outside and just like pull the money to me and like I don't know the money just came to me I didn't steal it it was the will of the force yeah so if it's a romantic thing or just I'm not just two kindred spirits trying to figure it out and you know I'm cool with that I don't want to have too much expectations. I I learned my lesson with The Force Awakens that uh, you know I pretty much had the movie exactly how it played out in my head. And then when I went to the theater and watched it and it didn't do anything that I expected, I was pretty pissed off. But uh, I've just taken everything with a grain of salt.
1: I think this trailer does a really good job um, providing us with something that shattered any mild expectations I might have had. It's impossible for me not to speculate about what's going to happen in this movie. It's too important to me to not give it thought. But my assumptions going into this trailer are damaged by this trailer. Severely damaged by this trailer. So I basically have no idea what happens in this movie now, and I and that's a good place for me. I'm very happy with that. Did you buy tickets?
0: Oh yeah, I already bought tickets.
1: Yep, my fr- my friend bought us two tickets to the 3D IMAX. It was the first one he could buy. We were having a lot of trouble buying tickets on our end.
0: I got just the regular 3D for the uh, local theater that nobody seems to go to. I don't I don't know why I was acting like you know they're gonna sell out. You know it was like a hour later and I'm just like <sighs> you know like fidgeting with my credit card trying to enter the numbers in. It's like, it was fine. You know I I would love to go to the uh, see Star Wars in the IMAX, but the IMAX is in a little sketch. Part of town, so I might just wait on that.
1: We have a couple of really nice ones around here, so there's there's three that I have access to, and I'm perfectly fine. I I prefer watching them in the letterbox format first, but I didn't buy the tickets this time, and I'm just happy that he got them. And so now I know what I'm doing that day. I'm going to the first showing 3D IMAX Last Jedi.
0: Now I was just looking up tickets. Some places were doing like marathons, or like showing um, the Force Awakens, then showing the Last Jedi. Hmm. And that sounded interesting, and I thought about it for a brief second, and then I just thought, oh, there's no way in hell I can get my son there in time. And the uh, our mutual friend who's going, he kind of works far away, so just getting him to a 7 o'clock showing on time is going to be hard. I can't imagine starting early.
1: Yeah, that's something you can do offline, too. I mean, if you want to watch them all. I've, right. I've done little pairings like that. Like, I watched Rogue One and immediately started A New Hope. I can do that with The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi when it comes out on video. I'm not a big go sit and watch the Lord of the rings in the theater until you have a blood clot.
0: <laughs> you know, maybe someday, but I'm just not. I guess I'm not that big of a Star Wars fan. I'm big enough to you know, create a podcast about the cartoons and yak on and on about a trailer. But uh, sitting in a theater with strangers watching the movies, not for me. To yeah. too far
1: your dedication to the franchise is now in question
0: are you familiar with the band no effects yes uh, well, there's um i think it was on uh like one of their live albums some uh some guy spit on him and he's just like screaming i'm like don't spit at me like i'm sorry i'm not that punk <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's just like yeah there's there's limits to
1: He's not, he's not Sid Vicious carving. I need a fix into the, to his chest with a piece of a broken bottle someone threw at him on stage.
0: Yeah, or, or Gigi Allen taking dumps on stage and then whipping <laughs> it at the crowd while getting into fist fights. Yeah, like Dave Grohl said that he was at a Gigi Allen concert and he, he left because he was like, I'm not doing this. <laughs>
1: so do you want to move into the uh, cartoon portion?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um... We are going to be talking about Droids Episode 2, Escape into Terror. Now, um, the first thing I wanted to kind of talk about is, and we talked about it yesterday, is the theme song to Droids. It's bizarre. And then when you told me who it was, I was just like, unbelievable that, that it was the police. I thought it sounded like sting, but it didn't really sound like the police.
1: Let's give a tiny, tiny little bit, bit of background um so we're watching these episodes on youtube um There's a YouTube channel that just has all the episodes posted, and the episodes are edited in such a way to where they're they play back to back, starting at the title card and going into the episodes with no commercials right It's just all edited out and so the theme song doesn't isn't actually part of those episodes but it is included by the person who brilliantly edited together together this station um, as the first in the series of the 13 episodes. So there's basically 14 files in this channel, and the song is the first one. And rather than it be like a John Williams-style classical music, it is a Huey Lewis and the News-style pop song written by Stuart Copeland of the Police. I was actually surprised that you picked out that this was a "quote unquote" police song. When I told you who made it, you seemed like it confirmed your suspicion rather than told you something you already that you didn't know.
0: Because it sounded like Sting, but it sounded like maybe just kind of like a a Sting knockoff.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good description of it. <laughs> Do you know the lyrics of this song? Because I wrote them down.
0: Uh, no, I just know that they're in trouble again. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so the song is called Trouble Again, and that's the chorus, because I'm trouble ag- in trouble again, trouble again, in trouble, in trouble, in trouble again. But it, it, the lyrics are sort of fascinating. I'm just going to read my favorite line, or my favorite two lines. It says, stepping softly in the danger zone, no weapon in my hand, it's just this brain designed by man. It, mm-hmm. So it's clearly written for this, describing a robot, Right.
0: Right. When did uh, Top Gun come out? was Danger Zone in the (laughs) the the the, I would say the Zeitgeist. (laughs) Like
1: I'm looking it up, but uh, uh, Kenny Loggins. Yeah. Oh, Top Gun came a year later. Uh, Okay. Top Gun is in 1986, so maybe everyone's awareness of Danger Zone comes from this theme song, not from Top Gun.
0: Like all those episodes of Archer where he's trying to get everybody to say Danger Zone. It's really about droids. Lana! What? what?
1: Danger zone. Yeah, he's a super fan <laughs> of esoteric <laughs> Lucasfilm cartoons. What did you think about the visuals of the theme song?
0: It doesn't age well. It just—it's '80s. It's total '80s. It's like every other um, uh, cartoon, where they're just—you know—just shows hijinks. You know, it could have easily been Scooby-Doo and Shaggy. You know, uh, getting into uh, trouble again. Not to uh, be too repetitive, but it was just uh, kind of bleh. And thank you, uh, Thal Jobin, the person who edited all these on YouTube, for editing it out so I don't have to see it every time.
1: You know, Thal Jobin is just the name of the character in Droids. Oh, yeah, I'm... Okay.
0: (laughs) Who do you think you're talking to? (laughs) And it's Thal Jobin. Get it right. Oh, you're right. It's like, I don't even know who you are anymore. I'll
1: turn out my Star Wars Superfan card at the door. Yeah, uh,
0: I I need your badge and your gun. (laughs) (laughs) You're off the case.
1: This is in the era when cartoons had theme songs, right? A lot of cartoons that I watch right now with my kids, their theme songs are 10 seconds long and don't really have any content in them. But this is a full minute. There are only three names mentioned in the credits, in like the, the upfront credits too. It's Anthony Daniels, a C three PO, R2 D2 as himself, which I guess means the Casio keyboard that had the the sound effects programmed into it. Right. And and then it says based on characters developed by George Lucas.
0: Yeah, I was save it for I was gonna save it for later, but I'd probably forget it that I think they just took all the R2D2 sound effects from the movies and put it you know into the show because there are certain ones that when you watch the movies long enough you start to remember them right that ones that i noticed they're like like what I, I know that one
1: I mean to be be blunt why wouldn't you right if yeah. if you had a character that spoke binary which is the language of the astromech units it's pointless to actually have a written language they're not tolkien yeah right so he's not going to have he's not going to have like 25 volumes on like how binary the the syntax and grammar of binary and be hopelessly devoted to the rigors of that fake language you made up you're going to give yourself some some room and, and breathe a little bit and you're like yeah this is an annoyed grunt this is a farting noise i think we should move on and because this episode's already super long because of our trailer discussion, I'm going to power through the plot summary. Go for it. All right, so the opening uh, is a shot of them fixing the ship, uh, Kia Mole's ship, R2-D2 and C-3PO are on the outside, doing something with the hyperdrive. Um, and I actually really like this opening. It felt very Star Warsy to me to open in space with a shot of a ship and them working outside. I like the idea of R2 being on the surface of a ship. This is the first time we ever see anything like that if you're watching them in release order, right? Um, So C-3PO starts to float away, connected to the hyperdrive, because they foolishly detach it for some reason.
0: Yeah, I never understood what...
1: But everybody seems perfectly cool with them detaching a part of the engine because they can fly to the planet anew, which is close by, where Kia Mole...
0: Why don't they just fly and get the hyperdrive?
1: I don't know. There's, (laughs) There's a huge plot hole here, because it seems like they were going to go to Anu anyway. And so right. what are they repairing? And why don't they just go to Anu and do the repairs there? So I, wanna, I need to say that, that this is a continuation of the previous episode's story where Kiamol, Jord, and Thal all escaped. Um, Ingo, the planet Ingo, escaped the, the gang that was trying to kill them for discovering where their base was. And so this is a continuation. So we have a little bit of continuity In this cartoon, which is exciting that there's a little arc here. We're following the same three characters in R2-D2 and C-3PO, obviously, but the same three human characters that they picked up in the previous episode. They're back on the ship, and C-3PO throws out his back somehow and ends up in an unfortunate posture. We'll put it that way.
0: I think he just wants everybody to look at his butt.
1: Yeah, he's all like, oh my god, I threw my back out. He's twerking, basically. (laughs) This is C-3PO twerking. Um, so Kia Mole says, it's fine that we don't have a hyperdrive anymore because we weren't going anywhere we needed a hyperdrive. I'm sorry I sent you out to repair something. as busy work. But it did make for a good opening to the episode. They fly to a new and I like the ship design. It looks a little Star Trekky to me, but I like the ship design a lot. Then it cuts to Size Frome, which is the father of Tig Frome, the villain from the previous episode, the green alien, which I looked up there... Anu Dot is their species. They're from the planet Anu, which is the planet that everyone's going to. And he's a 900-year-old gangster who runs this gang. He's the head of this gang. And I want to talk about his design um, in a little bit. I want to get through the plot summary, but I want to put a a pin in that to remind myself. We go back to our group that we're following, and they're in the customs line to basically immigrate onto Anu, declare their fruits and vegetables and... Fill out their customs tax forms, and R2D2 or C3PO says that that droids have a separate line because of racism, basically. And thugs show up from Si's From's group, and R2D2 causes a distraction so they can all illegally immigrate onto Anu. They head off to uh, Kia Mole's mother's house. She's got like a ranch out there, and they get there, and her mother's not there for some reason, but there's some soldiers there, and they tell C-3PO and R2-D2 to help with the chores, and they go to vacuum sand sloths, and C-3PO remarks that he'd rather be feeding tauntauns on Hoth, which, that's that's for us. I know what that is. Nod. Wink. Wink. Yep, and during this chore of vacuuming sand sloths, they accidentally find a secret door to a rebel base, and then they realize that, uh uh-oh, these people are in the rebel alliance, and they use the term rebel alliance. During the night... Thal is gassed by an assassin droid sent by, presumably, by size from to silence him. And the Rebels explain to Thal that they need to return to Ingo to destroy the weapon satellite, the Trigon-1, and that he's in danger because he and his friend Jord are the only people who know where it is, and presumably everybody they've talked to since then.
0: I always wonder, why would the Rebel Alliance care? You know, they've got bigger problems.
1: Yeah, I I have a note about their motivation later, because I think I I go to a pretty dark place with this. Kia's mother says, freedom is everybody's fight, and and gives this sort of rousing speech about why their people should be in this rebellion. It's not actually a rousing speech, it's just this couple lines, right? But it somehow inspires C-3PO to download a patch that gives him martial arts. I know Kung Fu. And decides to practice his martial arts. And I looked it up and the martial arts he's practicing is called Graviknez, Nez. And it's a form of martial arts in the Star Wars universe that involves a lot of screaming. <laughs> Jesus. The next morning, Jord and Kia go to the hangar where the Size gang is. Because they want to try to get back to Ingo to destroy the Trigon. Thal is still recovering from his attack. But he sees that they're leaving and decides that he's going to go save them because they're incompetent. So Thal shows up to the hangar. Jord and Kia have already been captured. And Thal has to think of a clever way to get them out of this. And so he ends up leaving, climbing into a cargo container with Kia, and leaving Jord behind. Uh, effectively cock-blocking Jord. <laughs> because Jord doesn't get the the fat, funny friend, doesn't get to be the hero. It's the smooth-talking Mohawk guy. Yeah. So now they're they're in these cargo containers flying back to Ingo on size from ship, and a meteor shower causes all the cargo to get mixed up, and so C-3PO and R2-D2, who are in charge of the cargo on the ship, lose track of which container is which. And when they get there, the container they think Kia and Thal are in is destroyed. I think this is supposed to be a dramatic moment, but it just plays for stupidity, because they don't put any weight behind it it's immediate that they weren't in there and that they're in a different
0: one no i totally agree it was just kind of like it's obvious they're not in there it's just like let's just get going already
1: and so they they end up taking the cargo container to the hangar with the trigon one thal and kia get out of the, the cargo container and then they take control of the trigon one blow up the hangar door fly the satellite out a bunch of droid fighters attack the satellite, and then they destroy them. And that is roughly the end of the episode. The episode ends with um, C-3PO, R2-D2, Kia, and Thal on the Trigon 1. Presumably, Jord is still um, hanging out with Kia's mother at her farm on a different planet, probably making awkward small talk and eating all of her food. That's the plot summary. And this is usually when I ask you if you enjoyed the cartoon. So did you enjoy the episode?
0: I liked it better than the... um... Then the first one, mainly because of some of the just ridiculous things. But there seemed to be uh, what we had discussed before, is that these were kind of uh, seemed almost like a dry run for the prequels. Um, like there, there's droids that give C-3PO and R2-D2, uh, they give them a hard time when they're transporting the cargo of uh, Thal and Kia.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And these droids look... Like uh, an early, early draft of battle droids.
1: Yeah, I agree that they look a lot like B-1 battle droids. The B-1 model of battle droids.
0: The size from ship looks like a weird version of Slave One.
1: Oh, I did notice that. I noticed that the last time I was watching it, that, that his ship does look a lot like Slave One. And since you brought up Size From, I want to bring up his design too. Size From is the father of the, the patriarch of this gang. He looks to be a lot like Jabba the Hutt's original design in the Macquarie drawings, who became, we'll get to him much, much later, who became As Morgan in Rebels.
0: You're right. And the Goblin King in The Hobbit. <laughs> He does look a lot. He's just got that saggy, uh, that saggy old look.
1: Right. I actually really like the character's design um, for size from. What, what did, what yeah. did, what did uh, Yoda say? You look this good at 900?
0: When 900 years old, you reach, look as good you are not. Hmm? It's funny that um, uh, Tig From is the only one who looks like he's somewhat in shape. The rest of them all are fat and wrinkly.
1: Yeah, we have. No, I don't know anything about this species. They they apparently live a millennia and so maybe Tig is only a hundred years old or something. So there's a, I'm actually very happy to hear that you like this one better because in my notes I wrote getting better already. This felt much more Star Wars-y to me than the previous episodes and it, I know they made them all in order and they're writing them for a brand new audience with new rules but this one f- feels like they're f- figuring it out like what they can get away with and what they can get have these characters do. There's still a lot of slapstick pratfalls for C-3PO. I think I counted six slapstick-style falls for C-3PO in this episode.
0: Yeah, it gets a little grating, but I guess you just kind of, you know, that's, that's what the show is, you know, C-3PO bumbling through life.
1: Yeah, like a pinball in a pinball machine just getting bounced from one bumper to another.
0: Yeah, they need a Frank Grimes droid who hates (laughs) C-3PO.
1: So C-3PO enters the I have a bad feeling about this club in this episode. It's the first time we've had that quote in our series, and we're going to keep track of it. At 4 minutes and 50 seconds, when the thugs show up to the immigration department, C-3PO says, I have a bad feeling about this.
0: All right, cool.
1: It's already feeling more like Star Wars. So did you notice that there was a B-Wing flying in the foreshot or foreground of one of the shots?
0: No, I didn't. So
1: there was a B-Wing that passed through the shot of the city when they're zooming in on the city on um, anew. A B-Wing flies by in a not-so-natural-looking direction of flight for it. And I, I wrote it down, and I wrote B-Wing. And then I looked it up, and it's not a B-Wing. According to the previous Star Wars continuity group, that was disbanded when Disney came up, they had labeled this as an H-60 Tempest Bomber, a B-Wing predecessor.
0: Right, because it's actually flying backwards.
1: Yes, you went and found it? Yep. Yeah, so yeah, it's flying in an unnatural way, but apparently that's what makes it an H-60 Tempest Bomber, which is a previous continuity predecessor to the B-Wing. And I find that stuff interesting.
0: Yeah, I always... I always love animation errors like this, where it just looks like they they drew it and then just had it slide down the screen, but they didn't actually know how it was supposed to go because it looks upside down and it's going backwards.
1: (laughs) So I wanted to talk about the very end of the episode because you brought up what what does the Rebel Alliance care if some gang has a weapon satellite? And this is where... I I, I turn to plot speculation. Once they steal the satellite, and they have it in orbit over Ingo, they destroy all the droid fighters. They've activated it, and it's working. Um, Kia says, now we can use the weapon. And Thal says, no Kia, it's too dangerous for anybody. We need to stick to the plan. The plan was to destroy the weapon. I think that she was getting this weapon for the Rebel Alliance. That's the real That's the real motivation. It's the only motivation that makes any sense in the context of the episode that she wanted the weapon so she could use it against the enemies of the Rebel Alliance and that this gang had, for whatever reasons it wanted, had built this awesome weapon and they didn't need it as much as she did.
0: Right, yeah. She seems to have folded pretty quickly on that. Like, oh, all right, you know, this thing that could totally help turn the tide of some uh, battles.
1: It's called the honeypot, Jamie. She needs to be pliant, but she's clearly in control of this relationship. I think that that's her motivation, is that like she wants this weapon of mass destruction. There's a couple of, the, of production elements that I wanted to point out. One is when she's when they're trying to steal the Trigon and they're in the hangar, all of these worker droids rush in to basically stop them, but the the droids are unarmed because they look like construction droids and she starts shooting them uh, and they're exploding all around them but did you see what she was shooting them with
0: Uh, i did not
1: yeah it's it looks like a remote control um and this is because of the standards and practice notes for the shows that lucasfilm was getting from abc they weren't allowed to have guns and so they they took all the guns out of the show and replaced them with other objects that don't look like (laughs) guns that still shoot
0: Walkie-talkies? Yep. Uh, you know, it sounded like they they, call, um, they were calling the droid fighters tri-fighters.
1: I thought so, too. And tri-fighters, for people who might not know who are watching this show, um, how dare you? They're um, a type of droid fighter from uh, Revenge of the Sith. They're the ones that are filled with those little spider-bots. Buzz, buzz droids, yep. And they, they, they're the ones that deploy the buzz droids. and. And they're actually, that's actually a really cool ship design, and I like that a lot, the Tri-Fighter. And I really thought, I thought they were saying that too, but I couldn't confirm that in any of the materials I have. I don't have scripts for these episodes, and it's sort of bothering me that the scripts aren't available online. But I found a website that transcribed some of them, but not all of them for some reason.
0: I think we need to have a road trip to find the writers, the original writers, track them down. I'll just uh, take a quick sabbatical from work. I'm sure they'll understand.
1: Yeah, yeah, this is important. Okay, I don't have a whole lot of notes other than that. In general, I like the continuity that we've established, that we're going to follow these characters for at least a couple more episodes before C3PO and R2D2 switch masters. We're getting into more Star Wars feeling stuff, like the Rebel Alliance. Oh, there is one thing I do want to bring up. Sorry. What did you think about the design of the Trigon 1?
0: I did not care for it. It just looked like a big snail shell, upside-down snail shell.
1: So it looks like, to me, a shield generator, upside-down. You know, the shield generator on Hoth that has those four units? Right. It looks like one but of those upside-down.
0: Those were disks that were the same size. This is just one big one. Right.
1: It's one section of a shield generator. Hmm. It's like one-fourth of to- it. Agree to disagree on that. Oh, really? Because I feel pretty strongly about this, so... <laughs> Fuck you.
0: <laughs> I, I'm out. Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. I don't agree to that.
2: Neither do I!
1: Anyway, I, I, I sort of like the design of the Trigon one. It felt Star, Star Warsy to me, but it felt not very well thought out. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that it feels like, like we're getting someplace with these characters, and I, I've watched ahead, and I think that there's some payoff for some of the things they're setting up, which is pretty ambitious for a Saturday morning cartoon geared at six-year-olds. Like, we're going to have things that happen in episode one that pay off in episode five. You sure about that? (laughs) You want to do that, or you just want to have, like, him fall down and, like, hurt his butt again?
0: Uh, He knows kung fu. Not really. He's like a gold Inspector Gadget. (laughs)
1: He's, He's less interesting than Inspector Gadget because Inspector Gadget, or, like, Felix the Cat, they always had, like, their bag of tricks, Right, they would just have whatever they wanted, sort of like Green Lantern. And they don't even use R two D two in the show like that, right? R two D two is pretty limited in what he can do. Any any closing thoughts or remarks?
0: No, I, I I'm glad that I enjoyed this one better, and and I'm finding if I can just focus on things that I liked about it, I can ignore the humongous plot holes and just the terrible writing in general. But I can also forgive it because back then we were hard pressed for anything. Star Wars or cartoons were not of the quality they are now. uh, Nowadays, you know, in our days we had crappy cartoons and we liked it.
1: Yeah. I agree with that, that this is sort of the beginning of the dark time. We know return of the Jedi is out at the theater. There's no whispers about what's to come next. And this is, this is what we have, right? So if we put ourselves in that time period, the failure of this of this episode seems pretty bad, or of the series seems pretty bad, from a Star Wars fan, because one thing we haven't talked about is the crazy distribution through time of the cartoons that we're covering. Once we're done with Ewoks, which ends in nineteen eighty six, the next cartoon starts in two thousand and three. Like they didn't do anything for almost twenty years with animation.
0: Yeah, except uh, video games and. The cutscenes in the video games.
1: Okay. Sure. The cut all right
0: f- sorry, I had a crap on your point.
1: No, no. No, it's 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 fair that their that their focus went from cartoons to video games. And we're not a video game podcast. We we might cover some of them, but we're not a video game podcast, but so it's from our perspective, there's a huge gap in media. Because video games I guess in the nineties video games were everything, right?
0: Oh yeah. For, for me they were. Well that's the that's the heyday of
1: them, right? That's we you're talking about moving into your SNES's and your first PlayStations and all that crap, right, at that point. And people everyone had a PC at the time, right? And all of the price of everything is falling, 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 and the technology was in its heyday of doubling in capacity and processing power and all of that stuff. So yeah, you're right. Like the nineties belonged to the video game and no one was focusing on cartoons. But we still have this huge gap in time that we have to deal with, and we're not going to cover cutscenes in video games, probably.
0: <laughs> probably. Well, let's just see how pathetic we can get. If I did a quick YouTube search, I'm sure I could find the cutscenes for the various video games.
1: Yeah, well, I'm sure, I'm sure they're, they're all documented well on, on the permanent memory of the Internet. Any other closing remarks or thoughts?
0: Nope. I'm just, uh, I guess I'm looking forward to uh, getting through these and getting to Ewoks. And then we can eventually get to Clone Wars where we can actually discuss Star Wars stuff instead of like, Oh my God, can you believe that they, they did this again?
1: I'll be very happy when we're in Clone Wars and watching that series. And But I'm having a good time so far.
0: A few years back, I watched um, I watched some G.I. Joe's while on a business trip, and I was just in the hotel, and I was uh, tired of the local restaurants, so I just decided to stay in, and I watched some G.I. Joe episodes, and it would have been right around this time, and they were just, they did not hold up well. I don't think I ever held them to, you know, thought that they were some great, you know, masterpiece, but it was not great. I don't know if you've ever gone back and watched any of the GI Joes or Transformers.
1: I've definitely gone back and watched Transformers and have been shocked that I was – my attention was held by them.
0: And I'm reminded that when my kids are watching certain cartoons and uh, I'm looking at it just like, oh, this is so bad. Why are you watching this? I I thought I raised you better than this. But then I realized, well, that's probably what my mom was thinking when I dragged her to see Transformers the movie.
2: In the theaters.
0: <laughs> and I cried when Optimus Prime died. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think we have I think we have a shared experience there. Your parent having a whole body eye roll while your kid is <laughs> upset that the car died.
0: <laughs> cool. Alright.
1: Well I think we're going to close up and next week we'll be covering the third episode of Droids called Trigon Unleashed because apparently they don't
0: destroy the trigon sounds like a blast i can't wait yep all right
2: thank you for downloading and listening to this episode we would also like to thank jordan white for the use of his cover of yub nub as our intro and outro music please refer to the show notes for photos clips and links from this episode Side effects from listening to YubCast may include dizziness, dry mouth, a sense of confusion, and decreased sex drive. Serious side effects may include speaking in Ewok, speculating the origins of prequel characters, and wondering why two grown men discuss children's cartoons on the internet. For a complete list of side effects or to complain about the show, please visit us on Twitter at YubCast or drop us an email at noochvaderproductions at gmail.com. Thanks again. We will see you again next week with a new episode. Yubcast is not affiliated with Lucasfilm or the Walt Disney Company. Star Wars, its characters, and creations are the property of Lucasfilm and its parent company, the Walt Disney Company. Yubcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Da ba 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 ba